Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Windy City. 
expecting about 40 degrees tomorrow. So um, even though the hawk is out there, he's not strong. Welcome to another edition of the Alpha Show. Here at Truth Works Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. I want to start out by wishing a very happy birthday to a very dear friend, a CEO, a secretary, um, big sister, antagonist. Um, I think I've covered it all. Happy birthday to Miss Janice Graham of Two Folks Network, Our Common Ground, and the, um, the lady who's made this possible. Uh, and on a more somber note, uh, my deepest condolences and heartfelt prayers go out to Andre Eglishan. His father passed yesterday, and um, our prayers are with his family. Nine one four three three eight one six one zero is the number you can get in if you got something to say, if you want to add to it. Well you don't care about subtractions. If you want to add to the program, if you wanna uh stay on topic and speak about what we're talking about, give me a call at that number. That's nine one four three three eight one six one zero. We can um cover a lot of things this evening. One of the things I've been harping on over and over and over again is the is the um, role that this corporate media has been playing and how politics are shaped and how politics are delivered to the stupid America. And I call it stupid America because that's exactly what it is. Case in point. Case in point, I normally go, hold up, hold up. But case in point, look at here. John Orange Man Boner. That's the leader, the weeper of the house. Has decided he wants to write Bibi Netanyahu, you know, that bigoted prime minister of uh, Israel. Yeah, that big. The one who um, has this obvious dislike for our president. I guess uh, his blackness is just too much for the half of the black that he is. But um, here's the deal. John Boner, or Boehner as you wish to call him, the orange man, the crier. He invites Benjamin Netanyahu to address Congress. He invites him to address Congress without informing the White House. So now, he's not making foreign policy. So in effect, what he's doing is he's in violation what is called the Logan Act, 
and the Logan Act in and of itself is is that uh, how do you want to call it? Is that uh, that murky gray water into sedition and treason? Uh, Google Logan Act. And for those of you who don't know how to Google, any citizen of the United States, wherever he may be, who, without authority of the United States, directly or indirectly, commences or carries on any correspondence or intercourse with any foreign government or any officer or agent thereof, with intent to influence the measures or conduct of any foreign government in relation to any disputes, controversies with the United States, or to defeat the measures of the United States shall be fined under this title or imprisoned, not more than three years or both. John Thayer is in violation of the Logan Act. I know. B.B. Netanyahu ain't showed up yet, so he's just kind of in violation. But here you have a media, and the media has put on the same indignation about the president and a YouTube appearance. So it's about the YouTube appearance and not about the treasonous act that the Republican Speaker of the House has committed. And when I say that is a part of the media spin, that is why media, as it sits now, is falling off the radar when it comes to trust, because it can't be. Now, which is a bigger story? And then you have the media with this feigned indignation, and everybody's talking about how it's beneath the office of the president to be on YouTube and these YouTube personalities have more followers and likes than these news organizations. Be the only game in town, and you're getting. Uh, outpolled by the youth of America. See, because everybody else is divided amongst the other five or six news outlets, so-called news outlets. So instead of reporting on the treasonous sedition of the House Speaker, they're reporting on the YouTube appearance of the president who's reaching out to the youth through social media. I want to talk to you about the influence and the propaganda that this media puts up. That's the first thing. Something else I want to speak to you about, and it has to do with the media, because the media is making the distinction. And it's a hell of a 
It's the consequences. It's how propaganda conquers democracy. And there are five, five recent um, examples of how the media approached a story and how the media manipulated that story to the same narrative of the right, war mongers, fear mongers, and the military-industrial complex. That story in, in itself, I do believe I posted it in the chat room. For those of you in the chat room, I'll say it's... Um, it's in the chat room. It's uh, on the website, Nation of Change. And here's the thing about that website. Now, you know, when you have a website, when you have a, a source, and people want to, and they're not really approving of what you're saying, the first thing they want to do is attack and challenge the source. Well, Nation of Change has no sponsors. They have no one that they're beholden to. They're kind of like media matters. So when you get into the weeds, into the murky swamp of transparency, I think um, Nation of Change is a good source when it comes to exactly who's about the truth, who's telling the truth, and who do you really want to believe. And as we get deeper into the program, I'll simply say that um, I think that when we get right down to it, you'll be able to see the the disparaging truths when it comes to what the media does to shape perception and how they frame a narrative to go in one direction. This this uh, this bit about these manufactured crises, these you know Ebola is airborne, which was a lie, but they never reported after the fact. Oh, we're going to have thousands of people in America getting Ebola because of Obama. We should shut down the flights into the U.S. from those Ebola states when, in fact, there are no direct flights from those Ebola states into the U.S. But you don't let that get in the way of good fear mongering. You don't let that get in the way of a perception. These are the weak press. And, of course, I'll be speaking with you about the State of the Union address. And, you know, I like to, I like, uh, I was in approval of what he said all the way up until he got to talking about um, the TPP and how he wants to fast track that a lot. You know, since the last trade deal with Korea, 
we've lost over 60,000 jobs. And the trade deficit with Korea has basically blown the roof off because it has advanced as a deficit. In short, not only aren't they buying our products, they don't consume our products. Why? Because they don't have an economy to consume our products as we have with theirs. So the trade deficit is going to be a little out of whack. So you have to ask yourself, why in the hell do you make these trade deals? If this trans-Pacific pact goes through, it's going to be NAFTA on steroids. And I just think that people ought to know that. And people ought to not just know that, but people ought to find out if their representative vote votes for the TPP fast track and use that to vote their asses out, be they Democratic or Republican. There are simply too many, too many people in office that simply are doing the biddings of the 1% on both sides of the aisle. They want, um, in the State of the Union Address, they're all over the Keystone pipeline. Keystone XL, Keystone XL. But there's no pushback. And the only pushback you need, and it's a very easy lift, and that is to simply run the ad of the spill in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Kalamazoo, Michigan. I think I called it Battle Creek last week, but it's Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo, Michigan. 2010, tar sands spilled in the river up there in 2010. It's still there. It's still still there, and it is destroyed, everything that it has touched. The estimated cleanup was in the 100 million, something to that effect. Now it's three years later. The cost is up $1.21 billion. Now imagine tar sands and that pipe spilling, and it's going to spill over the aquifer. Can't clean it up. They can't clean it up. And the judges will protect them from the aftermath, from the consequences of cleaning that up. And I would just hope that this president would make sure that he vetoes this. Because Republicans are talking about 42,000 jobs. And instead of the Democrats responding with, if you're such uh, proponents of the jobs bill, instead of 42,000 jobs, why not 2 million jobs? Because that's what infrastructure repair will create, 2 million jobs. 
if you're so job-oriented, so job-concerned, fix the infrastructure. What an overpass in Ohio fall killed. Now, it's my understanding that uh, somebody ran into that overpass in a truck or whatever, but the whole overpass is not supposed to fall. That just underscores the the madness. That underscores the madness of what the Republicans are proposing, what they are proposing. Even the Republican women have revolted on their abortion ban, and they have to clean that up with... um, excrement on their face, damn the egg on their face, all its total, total BS on their face. And it continues to roll and roll and roll. Each and every time these Republicans begin to do something, Democrats drop the ball. This is all you got to do. Oh, and right now, and they do it early. You remember in 2010, when they took over all the governor houses and the state uh, legislations, and they began to ride with these voter suppression bills, these abortion bills, all of the things that the, the attack on the union and uh, collective bargaining, and the Democrats simply stood by. Right now, they have voted in the House to separate Social Security disability from the other Social Security uh, coffers. And that's not saying it's going to go through if the president has any sense. Because to separate it is the ability to weaken. If they can weaken it, they can destroy it, just like they've done with the post office and those, um, that bit of poisoning and that bit of handiwork will come to fruition, and America will be not happy because your mail will slow down. They'll lay off more veterans. The Postal Department is the leading employer of veterans. But they're so full of veterans. You can't get any more anti-middle class, anti-veteran, anti-teacher, anti... There's another story out there about how they are planning to steal the pensions. You see, stealing the pensions is the same thing they want to do to Social Security. See, these are big baskets of money that Wall Street wants to get their hands on. And they can get their hands on this money, they can gamble it because they're not gambling with their money. When you get right down to it, it's not just so much what Republicans are doing. It's what Democrats aren't doing. And how is it that their control is so choking? It's because their control is because Democrats won't stand as a group. They got 46. 
You only need 40. You only need 40. Forty senators to filibuster. And the bills that they have on Keystone, they the amendments they are voting down. Why 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 allow it to clear uh, culture? Why allow it to clear culture? If you if you stop it with the filibuster and it never gets past culture. They have to table everything, just like the Republicans did the Democrats. But no, you've got Democrats who simply will go along with the Republicans like Joe Manchin. This is what I mean when I say we have to cleanse the Democratic Party. I understand, you know, a lot of people don't want to go Democratic. They believe that these are the same two Outfits working hand in hand. Good cop, bad cop, and you're basically right. That's why we have to clean up the Democratic Party. That's why we have to seize, progressives must seize control of the Democratic Party. You must make it very expensive to agree to something as destructive as cutting Social Security. Medicare, Medicaid, eliminating the very weak, thin Dodd-Frank regulations that keep them from gambling with other people's money, money that is guaranteed by the U.S. government. If Democrats don't have that in them, they shouldn't be in office. Times are what they are. And it's simply, it's simply just an embarrassment. Our community, our children in our community have seemed to, they have seen the opportunity that they've been given by those outside of our community. See, this type of stuff you don't see going on in the white community. But because we are so psychologically bruised, it can flourish in the African-American community with our children. While we're so pleased to have the covenant, and this is the best part of our action plan, is to reclaim the minds of our children. They went into the black homes now, the powers that be, and told us that you cannot discipline your children anymore, and if you discipline your children, you will go into jail. It's this kind of thing they told us. Then they went into the public schools and took discipline out of there. So when we acted up in there, they put our boys, our black men, into something called special ed classes. And as you know, those special ed classes are nothing but holding cells until they can go to the state prison. But this is what they did. And then, the one thing that they knew, that if we can put them in prison, if we can have them convicted for a felony, then once they get out of prison, 
They cannot get a job because of that. They cannot get the job. And then if they happen to eke out and find a job, then they have to pay taxes on a job, yet they cannot vote, and I call that I call that taxation without representation. That's what we're looking at. And if one of the things that we would learn to do, they did a grand thing when they took that discipline away from us, because when they made our parents afraid to discipline the children, then what happened? We found out that the teachers were afraid of the principals, the principals were scared of the superintendents, superintendent was scared of the school board, school board was scared of the parents, parents were scared of the children, and the children ain't scared of nobody. That was Dr. Hare. <laughs> and um, she was on the roll. But she's absolutely right. She's absolutely right. Children ain't scared of nobody. And that's by design. We are constantly at the center of conspiracies of plot that has been enacted to undermine the community, period. To undermine us as a people. There was another particular conversation I saw and this was by Michelle Alexander. And Michelle Alexander simply huh, told it like it was, precisely describes how black people are systematically driven to violence. And I, I think that is a, I think that is a, a, something well worth listening to and considering it. I wonder if I put that in the chat on my somehow I don't remember. Now is that a bad thing? I might be losing a little of my memory here. Well, I think I'm gonna have to go to my doctor and get a prescription. I know I'm going a little blind have to get this glaucoma checked out. There's something else I want to talk to you about. And it's uh, the bill that is being offered up. And get this. This bill is being offered up in a bipartisan nature. In a bipartisan nature, this bill is being offered up. And it's to, how should I say this in a very kind way? It's to authorize. It's to end the federal ban on hemp production. It's been a ban on hemp production, growing hemp, since 1937. And this ban on growing hemp has increased the profits of the forestry industry and the oil industry, 
because you do know that if hemp becomes a legal crop in this country again, there are a few things that you must understand about hemp in and of itself. And the things that you must understand about hemp is that you can grow four crops a year. Four crops a year. Now, and I'll put that in the chat room too because it's important because the four crops a year, you've got them growing hemp all over the country. You know what's in danger by legalizing the growth of hemp again? What's in danger are the 25,000 oil-based products. 25,000 different products that are oil-based. And instead of needing oil for we can go with him. In addition to well-known products like rope, twine, nets, canvas, bags, Carpets, fiber, all from him stuff. The stalks can be used to make textiles, apparel, diapers, sheets, towels, tents, drapes, knapsacks, shoes. The first Levi jeans were made of hemp fiber which are last longer and they're stronger. More illustrious, absorbent, and mildew-resistant than cotton. Now, you tell me. You think somebody's a little worried about what the hell is going on with him? If you don't need trees to make paper any longer, do you think that that's going to open somebody's eyes? The fibers and herds, a pulp byproduct after hemp fiber is removed from the plant, you can make newsprint, cardboard, stationery. Hemp fibers will also strengthen and allow paper to be recycled indefinitely. In addition to salad oil, margarine, food supplements, hemp seed oil has been used to make paint, varnish, ink, fuel, plastic resin, solvents, and lubricating oils. It can also be used to make soap, shampoo, Bath gel, cosmetic. I mean, does this get to the heart of oil-based products? That bill is working its way through Congress. And like I said, it's bipartisan. 
there are more than there are equal number of Democrats and Republicans that are supporting this. But I'm, I guarantee you, the heads of these leading parties will shut it down. See, that's why marijuana has been illegal. Because if you grow marijuana, byproduct of the plant, and they can't have that. They must keep the oil industry and the forestry industry who have powerful lobbies. They must keep those in charge profitable. Because heaven forbid that we go to uh, we go to hemp and um, we can manufacture cellophane, plastic, building material, insulation. Now, insulation, fiberboard, cement blocks, mortar. We don't need straw. We've got him <laughs> to make bricks. It can even be made into a fiberglass substitute. So we've been buying him from overseas. No more export or as an import. We don't have to bring in any more imp from overseas if this bill passes. It'll be a direct shot in the army. Tell me something. Can somebody please explain this to me? Yeah, 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 like I'm a two-year-old. Like I'm a two-year-old, somebody, please sit me down and explain to me. You know, I've got an SUV, and I just damn near filled this SUV up for twenty-five dollars at Costco. The gas was a dollar ninety-nine. I damn near climbed up on the hood of my truck and danced. If I could do either one, that's climbing and dance. Let me say this. With oil prices at around, what is it, $45, $48 a barrel, they have pissed the Saudis off. The Saudis are pissed off to no end because they see this as, okay, you all want to, they want to make it more expensive to harvest natural gas, and to harvest tar sand. So they flood the world market with cheap oil. And while all of this is going on, guess what else is not being given the priority that it should be given? Renewable energy. Solar panel, wind, all of that should be top priority. All of that should be on high speed, fast track. You want to fast track something, fast track solar panels and wind farms. Let this Saudi move to flood the world market with oil 
creating by beginning the tsunami of renewable energy. Let them let them have chopped off their noses to spite their face. And in every single venue, in every single state, there should be this drive, this big push to cut your budget by lessening your use of oil. And I got to tell you, if I could possibly put solar panel, and this is the emphasis of renewable energy. So, yes, it's a little more expensive. But can you imagine having a solar panel? I saw a program. Oh, it's one of them damn reality shows about uh, people who live up around the Arctic. And these people have solar panels. And since they have these solar panels, they also have these solar panels feeding into a little shed. And this shed is insulated and this shed is full of batteries. And the solar panel charges these batteries and these batteries are what gives them power in the homes they have in that frigid unforgiving Northland. <laughs> and when the wind blows hard and threatens to blow these panels over, they are like panic-stricken, like the Indians are attacking the fort. And I know what they mean. I don't blame them. But uh, it's, 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 very, it's very real that now we have a, we have a system where no one is doing the common sense thing. You know, sense can't be so common. If the Saudis flood the world market with oil and make it more expensive for the other explorers to extract fossil fuel from the earth, I wouldn't renewable energy beyond steroids by now. What town was that? What 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 was I what article did I read where they were at about seventy percent wind power? And this this was here in the United States, I believe. And this particular state or city was using wind power at about seventy percent. And it literally cut everybody's um, fossil fuel bill. It literally cut everybody's fossil fuel bill. And here's the danger of when you have government oversight. In New Jersey, and I'll jump back over to the marijuana situation. In New Jersey, uh, Krispy Kreme Christie is refusing to open up the medical marijuana uh, growers. He's limiting it to the highest bidders. So in effect, what he is doing is shutting out 
everybody except for the rich, corporations, who want to take the tobacco industry. Now, if you're the tobacco industry and marijuana has come across, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you leap at that opportunity to shut out, to literally shut out any and all competition? You see, there's a method to this war's madness. And if the United United States has ever made that mistake to vote him in as president, we're in for a world of hurt. We're in for a world of hurt because he is the quintessential uh, crony. That's how New Jersey is run. That's why New Jersey is run so bad, and I'm just waiting on them to indict this uh, useless, worthless pizza, and I'll let it go with that. I saw a particular um, CNN special that I had um, overlooked. Not just overlooked, but something I can't remember what it was that led me to the CNN special. But the CNN special was um, about marijuana, medical marijuana, and just marijuana in general, because Colorado is legal both medically and recreationally. But it, this particular YouTube, it's on YouTube. If I can find it, I'll post it. Here it is, here it is. Yeah. It's two parts to it, and when you get to this part that I just posted, in the chat room, there's also a part two. And these um, these YouTubes explain the, the madness that is going on. And I didn't know that there were um, the active uh, ingredient in marijuana, the THC, that gets you high. There's also an ingredient of D. DBM, DBO, something to that effect. Well, that part does not get you high. And the growers of this marijuana also grow marijuana that's majority DBM, I want to say it is. It's DBM or DBO. Well, anyway, make a long story short, this part of the marijuana plant that doesn't get you high is processed into an oil. And there are children and people who suffer from this rare form of epilepsy, who have 75 seizures a day, uh, and they're children. And there were twin little babies, and one of them had this epilepsy and the other didn't. And this oil that they finally came, and the parents were as conservative as as you can get. They were just as conservative. They're clutching it. You know how conservative were they? In pictures, in family pictures, you can see the wife clutching the top of her blouse collar like nobody gets in, okay, but her husband. I guess. I mean, he's got to make an appointment. But anyway, 
child, they exhaust in all forms and all avenues to help this child and this child would die because these seizures was ravishing the body. These seizures was destroying the nerves and the organs, the whole nine yards. And they were at their wits end and somebody told them to try marijuana and they just lost it. Oh, no, I'm not giving my daughter marijuana. Anyway, make a long story short, they ended up giving their daughter marijuana. This active ingredient in marijuana had been broken down into an oil. But they had to travel to Colorado to get it. And they went in and they got it. This this little girl, as a matter of fact, she prisoner in her own home because light, sudden movement. She had a patch on covering one eye to hold down the seizures. Well, after she took this this extract from this marijuana plant. She went from 75 seizures a day to about 10. And it began to lessen. Then it went down to one. She began to grow. She began to eat. She began to do all the things a normal child would do. And then the little bit that they got began to run out. People who grow, the growers of the marijuana, they had a whole building of this particular strain. And this strain of marijuana was to keep this child alive. So they were lobbying. And they lived in New Jersey. So they had this confrontation with Krispy Kreme Krispy. And he would not. He would not sign the bill to expedite this process as the little girl the seizures begin to go back up. So the mother and the little girl had to go to Colorado and they got an apartment to establish residency in Colorado so this little girl could have this this uh, marijuana uh, oil. And this is what these uh, these are uh, YouTube. This is what these YouTube <laughs> uh, documentaries are about. It's a CNN special with Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Remember, Sanjay Gupta was the one who was all against marijuana until he got such pushback. And this is the effectiveness of pushback. Sanjay Gupta was on that track where he was had the corporation spitting in his ear about lies, about marijuana. And I guarantee you this, all marijuana, the people who are against marijuana, they can't tell you how many people overdose because they are. They fearmonger, it's a gateway drug. If it were a gateway drug, I would have kicked the gates down a long time ago. I have since, um, um, how should I say it? 
abandoned my use of the herb of the earth mind back in 2000. And I've been clean ever since. But uh, it is a very, very delightful. (laughs) And uh, I understand some people just like it. But it beats the hell out of alcohol any time of the day, period. That's right. Any time of the day. And for the people who thought, well, oh, no, did he just say he used to smoke marijuana? Okay. Did, okay. did he smoke marijuana? Disappointed! You can be as disappointed as you want. Please. Okay, take care. Goodbye. That's all now. Uh, I want to cover these um, particular subjects with you on this uh, on this propaganda. Um, We want to get back. So hopefully um, I'll be back in a few minutes. The road to power is paved with hypocrisy. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. This is how we do it. It's Friday night. The Alpha Show. I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult real raw right now. If it's real raw right now, talk media. Come on, baby, say it with me. It can only be the I Declare Show. Talk soon. Join my friend and colleague on Blog Talk Radio every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. The I Declare Show with India Declare. Are you breathing oxygen in? Are you raising the energy up? Or are you bringing the energy down? There's no middle ground. It's your real, raw, and right now talk radio. I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m., Blog Talk Radio. I Declare It. Dealing with the difficult, real raw right now. The I Declare Show, baby. You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Is it time for you to upgrade your topic? Our Common Ground, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Empowering Black America to achieve itself. Our Common Ground, where friends come to meet comrades. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Each Saturday, 10 p.m., Our Common Ground, powering up on Black Thought.
world is coming to an end. The air is polluted, the oceans contaminated, the animals are going extinct, the economy's collapsed, education is shot, police are corrupt, intelligence is shunned, and ignorance rewarded. The people are depressed and angry, we can't live with each other, and we can't live with ourselves, so everyone's medicated. We pass each other on the streets, and if we do speak, it's meaningless robotic communication. More people want... And what we see before our eyes, the sky is green and the grass is blue. The Alpha Show. Alpha's here serving grits with his politics every Friday, 10 p.m. TruthWorks Network. TruthWorks Network is a product of the Our Common Ground Media and Communications Group. Welcome back. Welcome back. Our Common Ground. Janice Graham. Tomorrow evening. Ten o'clock Eastern Time. Janice will have James Perry, Supreme Court and Fair Housing Act, will be. It's on the chopping block as um, the Supreme Court looks at the Fair Housing Act and they're looking to gut it, like uh, they did the Voting Rights Act. That's just another uh, arrow in their quiver that um, will destroy the gains of the civil rights era. And that's what Republicans are looking to do, is to roll back. They want their country back. They want us back in the 1950s and 1960s where they simply could have their way. This is, this is tenement. This is reminiscent of what happened to the black Africans in South Africa when they saw that they could no longer hold on to power. They simply bled the wealth out of the country and left the ruins to the natives and left it in utter chaos. And now what you see of the natives, the people have gotten wiser and smarter and they saw that the Africans perpetrated this land grab and they're grabbing it back. This will be the equivalent of the movie Zulu because they can't win. They're outnumbered and soon they will be outgunned. When you see these radicals, they call them radical terrorist organizations, I'm simply waiting for this to begin in South Africa because what the 
apartheid regime has done in South Africa is nothing short of what's happening to the African Americans here in the United States. But they have perfected it so well there in Africa because education lags and falls far behind what it is here in America. So they're able to get away with those moves, but uh, as generations pass, they're getting smarter. The video that I saw were children on the front line, children, school children, not high school children, not teenagers, children. And yet the white forces had no trouble tear-gassing the children. You see, after a while, there will not be any moderate voices who want to talk. When you hear people speaking about the terrorists, the radicals, the biggest terrorists in the world, the biggest radicals in the world are right here in the United States. The Klan, one of the early terrorist groups that terrorize, and now all of a sudden they seem to want to be holier than thou. They want to be above the law. Everybody has to change the way they look upon terrorism. We must make sure that terrorism equally applied don't just allow the Clive and Bundys of the world to succeed. When you have people such as Eric Holder, you see, Clive and Bundy should be arrested and his cattle confiscated until he pays the the grazing fees. The people who were pointing guns in violation of the law should have been arrested. See, the double standards are glaring. Social media is exposing them. That is what the what do they call it on the internet? That is what they're fighting for. To keep the internet open and free. Because the internet is the source of communications that they don't control yet. And yet, this is what they're trying to do. Is control all communications. Once you control all communications, you control perception. Don't believe me. <laughs> no, don't believe me. Because that's exactly what it is. Don't tell me that we can't look at this for what it is. So this is exactly what it is. This is exactly what it is. The control, the messaging, the perception of 
stupid Americans. Well, they're stupid Americans. I, I, period. They're stupid Americans. You can't just have one side screaming class warfare as they wage class warfare. See, the propaganda and the spin of the oppressor. I ran across a particular conversation that a coalition of protesters, and one of the the female um, voice you're going to hear is that of um, former congresswoman. What's her name? Cynthia. (laughs) Cynthia McKinney. I want you to listen to this because the white guy is supposed to be there for conversation clerking. Instead of the conversation going in a legitimate, I would say in a, a fair way, he tried to put his spin on it, and he got straight up busted. He got slapped back. Here it is. One could argue that the name of the group, uh, the Coalition to Combat Police Terrorism, is a, a challenging name, perhaps a slightly incendiary name. Oh, okay, who asked that? And the, oh, let, me, let me finish my question. And, and there's been criticism that uh, anger in the community fueled the killing of the two police officers in New York. Do you have a responsibility to exercise restraint in terms of that kind of rhetoric? No. Uh, uh, let, me, let me be very clear. That's why, we have, that's why we share a coalition here, you see. I'm going to say what's true, whether you like it or not, or whether you think it's combat or not. First of all, the United States uses war terms in almost every policy that it implements, domestic and foreign. What's the war on terror? What's the war on drugs? What's the war on crime? What's the war on poverty? War is a slightly belligerent term. Oh, Would you man. agree? Hmm? Hmm? So... The use of terms to combat means that, to combat. We're not here to determine other people's political agenda. We're not here to tell other people how to think. We don't represent the politics of the Gardner family. We don't re- represent the politics of the Brown family. They're in grief. They lost their child. It launched a movement. They are not our political leaders. This coalition says what it is, to combat police terrorism. Because the police are terrorizing us and have been terrorizing us for what, 400 years now? They're the descendants of the Patty Rollers. Remember them from New York? They're the descendants of the Ku Klux Klan. They're the descendants of the militias that used to go hunt slaves and run them down. That's what the police, that's how they police our community. Huh? If you think that that history is not worthy of the term combat, then you need to be 12 years a slave. So yes, we don't have no obligation to tone down our rhetoric. Who do we have an obligation to? CNN, to you, to white folks? Do we have an obligation in this society as victims of white supremacy in this country to reform white supremacy? Do we have an obligation to make you feel better about yourself and better about your country? No. The coalition is to combat police terrorism. I think I think that if our decentralization program comes through, they'll be living in our community. We know that there's black police officers who are terrified by their colleagues. 
We know that there are black police officers who cannot police properly because of white supremacy, institutional white supremacy inside of their organization. So that we hope that if we can change the laws that allow the police, that allow the community to control policing in their community, that has residency clauses at least for three or four years of a police's term, that he live in the community that he work in, I'm sure that there are black police officers out there, there are white police officers out there uh, from every denomination who will protect their community, who will enforce the law, and who will protect the defenseless from those amongst their ranks who will take victims, make them victims. Yes, I do believe those, there are those types of policemen. Well, they're endangered already, endangered species already, because we know the individual cannot change an institution. Talk to the average black cop and what he tells you when he's off duty and he has to wear his gun. He's terrified. He's scared to death that a white cop might shoot him because he thinks he's another Negro with a gun. Okay? So I, let's I be think, real. I, I think um, while I appreciate the question, mm -hmm. um, I really understand that you are trying to turn us into the bad guys. And we are not the bad guys. We are here for the people. Actually, unfortunately, um, I grew up with a father who was a police officer. And my father would come home angry because yet another black man, back then in the day, they would handcuff them to the telephone pole and then they would beat them with their nightsticks. And um, my father had to witness that day in and day out. And as a police officer, a black police officer, who was actually unwanted on the force, mm -hmm. he had to swallow that. Eventually, he couldn't, he had a, his felt, and he couldn't swallow it anymore. You could say that my father also couldn't breathe. Mm -hmm. And so he left the Atlanta Police Department instead of asking other people to change the policy, he said the only way we're going to change this policy is for us to become the policy makers. That was Cynthia McKinney with the female who was speaking last, but um, the white guy who was asking the questions, he referenced something that you heard come from the media that it's been said that these inflammatory names are responsible for the two police officers being assassinated in New York. Now, this is how they do it. Now the protesters were responsible for the assassination of two police officers. You see, the black man who shot and killed the two police officers, and as it was explained by his family, he was on meds. He had had a run-in here and a run-in there. And this mentally, he wasn't mentally stable, was the conclusion. Now, when Carmen Bundy hosted Jared Miller and his wife at the Bundy standoff at the Bundy Ranch, and Jared and Cassandra Miller went on to Vegas 
and assassinated two police officers sitting in a Chi-Chi's pizza, laid the ghastly flag over their body and over one of the officers' body, and yelled, the revolution has started. The rioters, terrorists, they weren't morphed into the rhetoric, the stochastic terrorism that Fox News was putting out. When you had Bill O'Reilly calling Dr. Tiller, the Tiller the baby killer, 40 times, 40 times on his broadcast over a year or two-year period. And then someone assassinates him in a church lobby in front of his wife and children. Bill O'Reilly has that blood on his hands. But you have this white guy who's supposed to be there to listen and to facilitate some type of civility and common ground. But he couches his questioning. He couches his rhetoric in such incendiary terms as it's been said that this is what created that atmosphere. They got two cops killed. That's where the BS comes in. That's where the media does a disservice to the American people. And that's where the media should be called out for the same. For the same. But they're not. Because too many people fear the backlash. Too many people fear that if you speak out against the obvious wrong, someone like a John Boehner violating the Logan Act, if you speak out against those who advocate and those who troll for assassins, what was it, the Ford Foundation where they had to shoot out with the guy they pulled over who had been listening to Glenn Beck and he was on his way to the Ford, uh, to the Ford Institute, it was the Ford Foundation, to kill, to shoot up the foundation. We've had more killers from the terrorist right wing of this country. And they want to call them mentally challenged rather than the terrorists, rather than the radicalized that they are. You see, until we begin to give terrorism the equality that it deserves, until we begin to give terrorism its place in a society where people don't have to like you or like what you say, but don't believe yourself to be better than everybody else to the point where you can just go on about your business and cause them to, or someone to act upon your negative beliefs. A German Muslim scholar's answer in a live TV show seen by millions of people. He was asked about terrorism in Islam. And he asked the question, 
Who started World War One was it Muslims? Who started World War Two was it Muslims? Who killed twenty million Aborigines in Australia was it Muslims? Who sent the nuclear bombs to Hiroshima and Nagasaki was it Muslims? Who killed more than a hundred million Indians in North America was it Muslims? Who killed more than fifty million? Indians in South America? Was it Indian? Was it Muslims? Who took about 180 million of African people as slaves, of which 88% died and were thrown into the Atlantic Ocean? Was it Muslims? No, they weren't Muslims. They were Christians. You have to define terrorism properly. If a non-Muslim does something bad, it's a crime. But if a Muslim commits the same act, he is a terrorist. You have to remove that double standard if you want to progress with this conversation at all. If you are going to be honest about the conversation, be transparent. I'll sit around and tell me that <laughs> no, I won't I won't go I won't go into that part of it. I won't say what I wanted to say. What what came to my what came to my mind. I don't think I could say it. <laughs> so I'd rather just All right, all right, all right. For those who come along to get along, these are the things that we have to address. And it's how the media uses propaganda. And since six corporations own 95% of the print, audio, and video media. What do we expect? The golf is clean, and the oil is lurking out there at the bottom of the seafloor, destroying and mutating the fish. Call it what you want. Call it what you will. The non-existent weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. We all know about it. And it was the media that helped push this narrative. Treasury Secretary Paul O'Neill, CIA Director George Tenet, Rumsfeld, all of them. And they knew it was wrong. When Rumsfeld laid out the Pentagon plans to invade Iraq, Tenet reiterated that there was still only speculation that Iraq possessed weapons of mass destruction. And the article goes, article is from Nation of Change. 
the article goes that Rumsfeld Rumsfeld is he was eyeing uh, a staffer in the room simply replied that this is above his uh, above his clearance so he would have to he would have to uh, leave the room. Rumsfeld senior officials knew the case for war was weak and unsubstantial. But they treated the weakness of their case as a closely guarded state secret to be kept from the public. You see, these manufactured scandals that have occurred in the last year, year and a half, nothing compared to what the media has fostered and pushed. And it went on with with Fox and CNN, ABC, NBC, all of them were right into the thick of it. And that's how we got into a war where 4,486 soldiers died. Over 32,000 were maimed, lost limbs, and were wounded, and thousands upon thousands of others came back with non-visible, inside-their-head illnesses. The second example, the non-existent WMDs in Iran. Incredibly, after their exposure and embarrassment over Iraq, the U.S. government and media didn't skip a beat, but immediately recycled their WMD narrative to justify a similar campaign of sanctions and threats against Iran. We, with this president, are on more of a promising diplomatic, diplomatic, but it's still taboo for U.S. politicians or media to admit that Iran has almost certainly never had a nuclear weapons program, and the U.S. propaganda narrative still exists and insists that a decade of brutal economic warfare has played a constructive role to bring Iran to the table. Nothing can be farther from the truth. This is in this article. And I would offer it up to all of you to check this article out. It's in the Nation of Change. I'll do one better. I'll post it in the chat. Again, and that this, the the same propaganda they use for weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, they are being turned around and did the same to Iran to invoke the sanctions. The third example, the sarin attack in Syria. Hundreds of Syrian civilians were killed 
by a missile filled with about 60 kilograms of the nerve agent sarin, August 21st, 2013. And the drumbeat of war was to go take them out. And what they were counting on was the pressure, the, the repetitive mentioning of the Assad regime using sarin gas on his own people. And oh, what a tragedy. What a what a war crime. And if Obama was ready to launch a massive assault on Syria, air defense, think about this. What would that have entailed when it comes to the rise of ISIS? Without an air defense, Syria couldn't check this. It made a major escalation of the converted proxy, the war that has been raging since 2011. Three weeks, three weeks after the sarin attack, Obama declared in a televised speech Assad government gassed to death over a thousand people. We know the Assad regime was responsible following reports by the UN investigators and investigative journalists with good access to U.S. military intelligence. You see, U.S. military intelligence is U.S. military propaganda. It now seems almost certain that the chemical attack was conducted by Jabhat al-Nusara and al-Qaeda affiliate in Syria and other rebel forces with help from either the Turkish or the Akari military intelligence. The missiles were fired from a rebel-held position two kilometers from its point of impact, only a fraction of a distance to the Syrian military base. Well, the U.S. official claimed it was fired from. And the chemical impurities of the sarin suggested that it was improvised, not military grade. But out of that, the Obama administration was able to seize the cash of chemical weapons from Syria. And that's a good thing, but it's the constant propaganda. The fourth example, the Malaysian airline that was shot down and Vladimir Putin is the largest foreign leader to be targeted by a classic U.S. vilification campaign. Now, they come to find out in this instance that um, it was not the Ukrainian, uh, it was not the Russian forces, the rebels backed by the Russian government that fired upon the uh, Malaysian airliner. And I'll see it again because I said it last week. Can Malaysia keep up with some of these damn planes? 
This is the third one that's down, the one that fell off. Come on, man. Russian-speaking people in eastern Ukraine expected no mercy or justice from these anti-Russian Ukrainian nationalists. So they fight on despite the heavy losses and dire conditions with limited support from Russia. Like the chemical weapons attack in Syria, U.S. officials and media immediately blame the shootdown of the Malaysian airline on U.S. enemies and claim once again that the evidence pointed only in one direction. But once again, the only thing that is sure is that they can't be sure of that. The Dutch team is leading the investigation as each side accuses the other of responsibility. And this worked out for the U.S. government because the world condemns Russia for this. And the newest one, North Korea versus Sony. Well, I've got very little empathy for the North Korean forces. And, um, but even in this case, it seems that the, the crime itself was uh, uh, erroneous, was weak. And it's just a matter of an element of U.S. propaganda and a strategy. This has gone on throughout the history of this nation. Uncomfortable? Absolutely. When you hear this type of, uh, or when you read this kind of story, you have to ask yourself, can we trust anything? You see, Propaganda, propaganda is the is the technique is a serious technique. Just like here in this country, when you hear them speak about the poor and the takers and the moochers, when you hear them declare redistribution of wealth. The one thing that you can count on is everything that they accuse you of, they are guilty of. Yes, class warfare has been going on. And just like Sorrow says, their side has been winning. Because when it gets right when you get right down to it, you can't have it both ways. The war on the poor is undeniable. It's undeniable. What are they really after? Connect these seven dots. Number one, they're against extending unemployment benefits to people who have been out of work for more than six months, even though there's still only one job for every three unemployed. Number two, they don't want to raise the minimum wage, even though today's federal minimum is 25% below what it was in 1968, adjusted for inflation. Number three, they're against extending Medicaid benefits to millions of low-wage workers. Number four, they want to cut food stamps. Number five, they refuse to invest in education or job training. Number six, they don't want to rebuild America's crumbling infrastructure or have any other jobs program. And number seven, they're out to bust unions. Do you see a pattern here? 
waging a war against the poor and the working class in order to keep people down. Because when you're unemployed, without any support, without any bargaining power, yet you have to feed your family, you're desperate. And when you're desperate, you'll take whatever they are willing to pay you, even if it's next to nothing. And you won't dare make a fuss. You won't complain about unsafe work conditions or toxic chemicals leaking out of storage tanks or anything else. You won't run the risk of trying to form a union. You won't get involved in politics. You won't make a ruckus or rock the boat in any way. You'll take whatever they choose to give you because you are sinking. Make no mistake, this war against the poor and working class is designed to make sure Americans who've been losing ground for 30 years don't dare do anything about it. Without extended unemployment benefits, a declining real minimum wage, no Medicaid, no food stamps, no education, job training, or jobs program, and no union, you'll do exactly as they tell you, and that's fine with them, but it's bad for America. As a first step to stopping this war on the poor and working class, call your senator and demand the Senate pass extended emergency unemployment benefits. As a second step, watch inequality for all and get the big picture. Pulitzer well, Prize winner Robert writes, econ- e- economist Robert Robert writes, and. You have to look at what Republicans are for and what they do and how they do it. They do it cloaked behind a curtain of lies. You can't raise taxes on the job creators. And this this the State of the Union speech. When Obama laid out this lofty plan for closing tax loopholes, it'll never happen. When he mentions free college for the first two years, it'll never happen. Republicans will see to it that it'll never happen. The only thing Republicans couldn't control was the president's witty comeback when they applauded him not having to run any more campaigns because he... Yeah, drop the mic moment, but that's nothing more than drama, loose rhetoric. The drop the mic moment because they are going to still obstruct anything that he wants to do. The Keystone Pipeline. They want the Keystone Pipeline, but they tabled every amendment to the Keystone Pipeline. And the amendments were simply this. Every drop of oil that goes through the Keystone must be used here in the United States. Oh, no, that happens. They're propping damn oil through another way. And in each and every turn, these, I would call them, Poison pills will be placed into every must-pass legislation. And if this president has any balls, any cojones, he'll veto every one of them unless they come through a clean bill. And not to force the president's hand. The Senate, 
The minority in the Senate should be the ones filibustering to make sure it doesn't get a vote. But as long as you have Democrats who will side with Republicans because they are afraid that Republicans will use it against them, and they will anyway. That's why the likes of Aaron Pryor from Arkansas lost. That's why Barry Landrieu lost. That's why Grimes in Kentucky lost. Because when they wouldn't side with Obama, the Obama followers said, why would I vote for you? If Grimes wouldn't say she voted for Obama, why would Obama supporters in Kentucky vote for her? She may not have still won. It's just there. The same with the senator who got voted out in North Carolina. The Democrat who had held that seat for a couple of runs. She ran from Obama. They all ran from Obama. Every single last one of them that lost ran from the Obama record. Now, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? When you start talking about what the voters said no to, it's you cannot you cannot argue the facts. You see, the forty six <laughs> the forty six uh, senators, Democratic senators, got 20 million more votes than the 54 Republicans. 20 million more votes. This is no longer majority rules. The members of the House got 5 million more votes. They're the majority in the House. The minority get five million more votes. But they're still in the minority because all Republicans have left is to rig the game. The voters rejected 65 straight months of economic job growth, 59 months of private sector job growth, unemployment falling from 10.1 to 5.6. And I know, I know, that's not the real numbers. Well, damn it, we haven't been using the real numbers for five decades. So STFU, you know what that means? I figured you did. The budget deficit has been reduced by two-thirds. Fewer Americans are in harm's way in war zones. Didn't get them all out of Iraq. Didn't get them all out of Afghanistan. Zero attacks by al-Qaeda on U.S. soil. And a record stock market growth. The stock market has grown by over 220% since this man has been in office. And it seems to be too much of a heavy lift for Democrats to have simply said, 
the last time Republicans were in charge, we had two economic recessions, the worst financial collapse since the Great Depression, the two longest wars in U.S. history, the worst record of job creation since Herbert Hoover, and a complete collapse of our stock market. And it was, I guess, it was too difficult. It was simply too difficult for Democrats to go to war with that. And that's what this is. This is nothing more than a war. This is nothing more than a war. This is nothing less than a war. But progressives seem to be losing it because after having all the power in 2008, six years later, we're in the minority. And we're in the minority because someone is afraid to spike that football and dance in the end zone. Someone is afraid to tell the truth. We've heard every line in the book, but someone is afraid to do what the truth allows them to do. Tell it. Tell it like it is. Don't just BS around with it. Tell it like it is. Got to have a better sense of your political warfare. You have to have a better sense of what in the hell are you doing? How do you lose to a bunch of people who are so blatant, so flagrant with their war on the middle class? Can't do it any better. Liberals need to learn how to fight dirtier because Republicans have refined it to a science. Republicans have left it no stone unturned when it comes to dirty fighting and lies. I saw this particular story, <laughs> and, all, and all I could do was just laugh. And I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. Because it 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 simply made it, it made it just shows just the incompetence of a Republican Party. Medical medical marijuana medical marijuana is now legal in all fifty states thanks to Congress. And I saw this story and I was like, What? While Congress was busy stripping away consumer protection and legalizing bank fraud. They managed to slip in a little provision which made many marijuana advocates rejoice. States that have legal marijuana for medical purposes will no longer have to worry about federal raids on their operations. The Obama administration has made it part of their policy, although unofficially, to neither indict nor raid dispensaries. This was in this uh, omnibus bill 
that they just signed uh, to keep the government running. And it simply said that the federal government will not raid your your pot uh, dispensaries, even though the federal government still considers marijuana to be a class X or class whatever the hell it is drug. So, <laughs> Oh, and, and to me, that that, that just that just spoke spoke volumes to, you know, the unintended consequences. Let me put it as nice as I possibly can. The unintended consequences of the let's get this done as quietly and as soon as possible. Let's get this done in case somebody catches us. We have absolutely nothing going for us at this moment except for whether or not this president is going to stand to protect Social Security. Will this president stand to protect Medicare and Medicaid? He's and and you notice how they're ridiculing him and criticizing him for threatening vetoes even before they got the bill on. <laughs> I mean, these these have to be some of the most petty grown-ups, politicians. Mentally, they've met their match, but they just won't admit it. So they continue to whine and they continue to go down that road. I want to once again thank Janice Graham for the work, the tireless work that she does in posting uh, some of these uploads. And she posted quite a few of them this evening, including a new opening and a new closing. But now that she's here, and I know she's listening, I want her to hear this opening from the beginning.
but no serious public debate and public conversation for the issues that really matter for the future of the nation, but especially the future of the vast majority of the nation who are working class and poor. Or a serious discussion about drones that drop bombs on innocent peoples. Or increasing police powers that allow persons, Americans, to be assassinated without due process or judicial review. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? are going extinct, the economy's collapsed, education is shot, police are corrupt, intelligence is shunned, and ignorance rewarded. The people are depressed and angry, we can't live with each other, and we can't live with ourselves, so everyone's medicated. We pass each other on the streets, and if we do speak, it's meaningless robotic communication. More people want 15 seconds of fame than a lifetime of meaning and purpose, because what's popular is more important than what's right. Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government builds twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. And so is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all-loving. If you disagree with me, I'll kill you. Or even worse, argue you to death. 92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want and at the same time stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high, humility an all-time low. Everybody knows everything, everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore, a lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past, not many human beings. Money is still the root of all evil, yet we tell our kids, don't get that degree, the jobs don't pay enough. Good deeds are only done when there's a profit margin. Videos of the misfortunes of others go viral. We laugh and share them with our friends to laugh with us. Our role models today, 60 years ago, would have been examples of what not to be. There are states where people can legally be discriminated against because they were born a certain way. Companies invest millions of dollars hiring specialists to make little girls feel like they need makeup to be beautiful, permanently lowering their self-esteem because they will never be pretty enough to meet those impossible standards. Corporations tell us, buy, 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 get this, get that, you must keep up, you must fit in, this will make you happy, but it never does for long. So what can we do in the face of all this madness and chaos? What is the solution? We can love. Not the love you hear in your favorite song on the radio. I mean real love, true love, boundless love. You can love, love each other from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed. Perform an act of kindness because that is contagious. We can be mindful during every interaction. Planting seeds of goodness, showing a little more compassion than usual. We can forgive because 
instead of trying to change others, we can change ourselves, we can change our hearts, we've been sold lies, brainwashed by our leaders and those we trust and not recognize our brothers and sisters and to exhibit anger, hatred and cruelty, but once we truly love, we will meet anger with sympathy, hatred with compassion, cruelty with kindness, love is the most powerful weapon on the face of the earth, Robert Kennedy once said that few will have the greatness to be in history, but each of us can work to change a small portion of events, and in the total of all those acts will be written the history of a generation. So yes, the world is coming to an end, and the path towards a new beginning starts within you. Tomorrow evening, 10 o'clock Eastern, Our Common Ground, with your host, Janice Graham. James Perry will discuss the Supreme Court Fair Housing Act was passed. And um, pay attention, because this is just another brick to dismantle the game of the civil rights era. It's the media people, duplicit, complicit, the government. It's Trojan horses that have infiltrated the Democratic Party, the Wall Street Democrats. They're winning. And there's not much we can do about it. So what else do we have? All we have is social media. The only way we can continue to carry this message, however soft and however small, is through social media, through venues such as these. I once once again wish Janice Graham a happy birthday. And um, I also want to extend my condolences to Andre Egoshan, who lost his father yesterday. So, till next week, when injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government builds twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. And so is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all-loving. If you disagree with me, I'll kill you. Or even worse, argue you to death. 92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day, and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want, and at the same time, stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high, humility an all-time low. Everybody knows everything, everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore, a lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past. Until next week, people, I guess it will get a little more interesting.
The nation is in a quandary. It's a mess. You've been listening to The Alpha Show. Join us next Friday night, 10 p.m. Alpha will lay it out. It's just damn politics. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. TruthWorks presents The Alpha Show. Each Friday, 10 p.m. It's Fire in the Belly Friday at TruthWorks Network. Bring your own rocks. The best of political pushback. Just damn. Damn. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Man, talk about rich people problems. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 